I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. David Locke will join us coming up here in just a moment. Always fired up for our weekly conversations with David. Utah Jazz back in action coming up tonight. They're in Dallas. They're continuing the six-game road trip. They're doing things the right way right now. Uh, three consecutive losses starting at home against San Antonio. Back-to-back losses on the road to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And they sit at 31-34 and 34 right now. And it just feels like the Utah Jazz are making a business decision. They're making business decisions right now. Yeah. At least that's the way it feels. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with you on that. You look at rotations, you look at availability. Now, look, you know, like an injury to, let's say, Colin Sexton, okay? Now, you could push Colin Sexton back in the lineup, or you could say, hey, look, we want him to have a full offseason being healthy going into next year. Yeah. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you do want to treat Larry Markinen with kid gloves. Uh, even Walker Kessler showing up on the injury report today is as a non-COVID illness. Yeah. So you play it safe. I'm not expecting Walker Kessler tonight. I am expecting Larry Markinen, though. Yes. Well, according to the latest injury, he's not on the report, so he should be on So there. he should be out there. Same yeah. with Colin Sexton. Yeah. But... I would be a little bit surprised to see Walker Kessler out there. I'm excited to see Dallas because I think Dallas continues to be a big question mark in the NBA. I think they've got a lot of problems to iron out right now. And I think tonight is going to be pretty interesting. The Jazz are only three or four games off of the Dallas Mavericks mark right now. And as I mentioned yesterday, Dallas has their three, they're one and three right now with Kyrie Irving being on the court. Actually, you go back to that Sacramento Kings and it's actually worse than that. But through the last four games, they're one and three. Their only win coming against the 76ers. They lost against the Suns. They lost to the Pacers. They lost to the Lakers. And they're showing a real inability to play as a team. And I, 
think tonight's probably a big night for them. They're probably looking at this Jazz lineup thinking, all right, if Lowry does come back, with or without Walker Kessler, you're going to have to deal with Colin Sexton. You're going to have to deal with all-star Lowry marketing. Yeah. And you lose this one, and Dallas is really going to start to come down on you. Yeah. This is a game that the Mavericks cannot lose. But this feels like a game that I could see the Jazz accidentally winning. <laughs> I know, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. And if so, you just shake your head and be like, okay. But look at this. You've got... Utah, 31 wins. Portland, 31 wins. Lakers, 31 wins. New Orleans, 31 wins. Oklahoma City, 30. You go to the other side of the East, Washington, 30. Chicago, 29. Indiana, 29. Look, I'll just say it. A good six-game losing skid for the Jazz would be awesome right now. Yeah. To go 0-6 on this road trip would be fantastic Yeah, for the draft chances for the Utah Jazz. Sure would. So let's go out there and get it done, boys. Lose one for the Gipper. Come on. I got to say that now because when David gets on the line, he'll get really cranky about that. Yeah, he will. Because we were talking about some of these strategic rotational decisions. Yeah. And uh, he, yeah, we'll talk to David a little bit more about that. Okay, so Scotty, Kyrie Irving has been with the Dallas Mavericks going back to February 10th. Was his first game. Sorry. February 8th was his first game in a in a Dallas Mavericks jersey. It was against the Clippers. So they got the two wins when he showed up, and he was actually leading scorer, 24 and 25 points. So you went 2-0 to start things out. Since then, you are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. You are 2-6. and six. In the last eight. He did miss one of those games. But you're two and six in the last eight. Losing to Sacramento, Minnesota, Denver, Lakers, Pacers, and the Phoenix Suns. You can't, nobody could tell me that Dallas is not having insane buyer's remorse right now. But tonight is really a great opportunity. If you're just an NBA fan, Tonight's a really great opportunity to tune in and to see if there is true dysfunction. True dysfunction would lead to a loss tonight against the Jazz. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then we also get an opportunity to see if they are just playing hero ball. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I do think there's a bit of a honeymoon phase. I just think they're trying to figure out how to play together. Are they trying to figure out how to play together, or do they just play independent of each other? Um, I, yes, I think those are both can be true. Like I, I, I think that you get you have two guys who really feel like, oh, when the game's on the line, I'm going to take over the game, or during stretch of the game, I'm going to take over the game. When in reality, when you got two superstars on a team, you can't play that way. You got to figure out how are we going to play together? What's the ebb and flow? How are we making this work? Because I think right now. I think they, and again, maybe I'm being too naive here, but I think right now Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic genuinely want this to work. I think they do, yes. I just don't think they know how to get to that point. Do you think they believe it will work? I think I don't. I think right now they do, but give it another week or two weeks, I think we're probably still in a honeymoon phase. But we get another week into this, it might be a different story. Like I think they're still on board right now. 
I've got a feeling that the teammates on that Dallas Mavericks roster right now are looking around thinking, are we playing as a group? Are we just standing by and watching Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic trade shots? Yeah. There's, there's got to be a functioning team concept there. And I don't, I don't know if Kid's the right guy. I don't know if he's the right guy to bring them together, to unify them and have them play as a team. But it doesn't feel right to me. Joining us now, he is the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. It's time to get the inside scoop on the Utah Jazz. From the play-by-play voice of the Jazz, David Locke. Sweet revenge! Presented by Murdoch Auto Group. Ow! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. David Locke joins us right now. Hi, David. How are you? Hello, guys. How are you? Man, where does does Dallas rank on your cities to go to? Strong. Strong. I love Dallas. I love Detroit. I love that place. Good weather, good city, good activity, good vibe, good energy. As a personality, strong. How about the arena? And and last year and this year, we came from Oklahoma to Dallas, and that is really strong. That's like moving from, you know, like having your point guard go from being, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say. Oh. Trey Burke to Derek Williams. Hey, yeah. All right. There it is. Um, all right. So we, we do need to talk a little bit, though, first. Uh, and Hans and I have not talked about this. I don't know if Hans saw the tweets. Um, the display of food that you tweeted from a restaurant in Oklahoma City. Um, about as unhands as there is. Yeah, there? no, um, unhands and Scotty as you can be. Because we're a good meat and potatoes, chicken fried steak, 28-ounce ribeye. That that did not look um, overly appealing, but you sold it. You said it was great. It was great. Uh, here's what I would be interested. Would you be more disappointed in me for my little fruit tasting menu or for the fact that I went to a steakhouse two nights earlier but only had an eight-ounce filet? Oh, jeez. Eight ounce. So which which is more disappointing to you? Yes. Of those two choices, I'm not even kidding you. I've picked three ounces of fillet out of my teeth after eating a twelve ounce fillet. <laughs> <It's> so, <gross. laughs> so you basically ate enough to just stick the, in your teeth. The porterhouse, the porterhouse for three is your perfect meal, right? Yes. Was that a, by the way? Did you send that on Twitter? Yeah, I'm looking. I don't see the. Or meal. was it on the old gram? It, it was on the ground. Oh, oh okay. Because oh. I, I, I meant to show this to, to uh, Hans, and I forgot to. Yeah, it was just... It was terrific. I was just trying to pull up the pictures. Man, David, I, I'm just looking at this Dallas Mavericks team over these last couple games, and it does feel like there's a level of dysfunction. I'm sure they're feeling the pressure. They're feeling the heat, or at least they, they've got to be. They're 2-6 and six in the last eight Give me your thoughts on this game tonight. What 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 does it mean for Dallas, and what does it mean for the Utah Jazz? Well, I think um, from Dallas, they've got an uh, – and I'm stealing this from Locked on Mavericks today. This is a really good point. Like, they're sitting at seventh, tied virtual – you know, half game behind Minnesota, right with the Warriors. For the eight-game stretch here – where they should really, if they're good, they should do damage. So they play us. They play New Orleans tomorrow night, who's a mess. They go to Memphis, who's a mess. They play Memphis again. Then they play the Spurs. Then they get the Lakers out with LeBron. Then they got Memphis again. We'll see by then. 
Then they have the Warriors. So that's like the eight interest. Mm-hmm. They're on the bad side of that. They got Charlotte twice in Indiana. Like, they should go start tonight and go bananas. That's a good point. Like, between now and when we, you know, talk about the Nets maybe going to Philadelphia on March 29th, like, so at the end of them, they, they should probably go 10 and 2 in their next 12 games or whatever that. I don't know if that's exactly how many games I'm kind of eyeing it. Um, it's 11. So they should go 9 and 2, and I don't know what the two are. Like, I think they should go about 10 and 1 here. They should take off right now. This is, you know, they lost to Indiana and LA, which they shouldn't have done. Um, they had a terrible offensive game against Atlanta that Sunday afternoon that might have had something to do with Saturday night in LA. Um, who knows? Uh, but it seems to be a common thread that teams don't play well in Sunday afternoon games in LA. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I think, but. Their off their offensive numbers are just stupid. Like I don't know if you've seen the tweets I just sent out. Like, it, like I'm going to ask Will Hardy. I don't know how he can answer it, but I'm like, what's the decision making tree? Right? Like, okay, Luca has the ball. If we don't double him, he averages like 1.24 points per possession. If we do double him, we're giving up a wide open three to a guy who probably shoots 40 percent from three. Like, this is bad. No matter what you choose as a as a team. I'm just looking at the numbers you tweeted out here, David. If you don't double him, he's going to score at a rate at 1.2 points per possession. If you do double him, you're like, likely to get the here, Yeah, that makes gonna sense. Bore your, we're going to bore your audience to death, okay? If you're driving, please hold on to the wheel. Do not, like, you know, don't, like, fall asleep here. Well, okay? we've already prepped him for an hour 20's worth of boredom, <laughs> so it's not going to – they're already in the right mindset. We've prepped him for eight years for this. I, Luca gets isolated at the top. Okay, everyone in the world knows he wants to go right. He still goes right two times more than he goes left. If he goes right, he averages one point three points per possession. Okay, league average in the half court is like one point of possession. No offense in the history of the game has ever been one point three points per possession. He plays ISO from the top fifty one percent of the time. If he's not ISO from the top, he's ISO from the left wing. Again, from the left wing, he's 1.24 points per possession. If he goes right, he has it on the left wing, and he goes right, so he's going to the middle, okay? He averages 1.27 points per possession. Ready for this? He takes a little step-back, three little step-back, 1.35 points per possession. Jeez. Like, good night now. On his three-step back? It's 1.35 points per possession if he takes an early jumper isolated on the left side. That's his, like, shot. Isolated left side. He wants that three. So, and the, so you jump up on his left side to take away the three. He goes right. He averages 1.27 points per possession. You don't jump up on his right side. He gets a step back. He averages 1.35. Huh. If you got him isolated at the top... Same thing. He wants to take that step back left. He's not as good at it from the top as he is from the wing. But he goes right. He's 1.3 points per possession. Like, it's over. These are stupid numbers. Like, I don't even know. I don't know if I've done a good job. Let me say it again. In the half court. Offense is exploding this year. It's never been better. It's .98 points per possession. The best offensive team in the league in the half court is 1.1 points. It's Dallas. This dude's like 1.3 and 1.35 and almost 1.4 on anything he wants to do. So what do you do? Well, the easy answer is you go double him, right? Well, you got to double him, get the ball out of the loop. 
So then what are you doing? Giving up a wide open, excuse the phrase, but I kind of love it, butt naked three to a 40% three-point shooter. Hmm. David, have you done like, some- that's what you get. Like the minute you decide you're double teaming someone in the NBA at 35 feet, you have openly conceded that you're giving up a butt naked three. Hmm. <laughs> Good it's really it's a great phrase. It's a great. Discussion. It's a great phrase. Have you done some defensive numbers on Luca on just on the flip side of this? Uh, well, last year he was the worst single yeah. isolation defender in the NBA. So that's what you do. I mean, you got to make him play on the other side. Yeah, yeah. you just got to attack him that way. I, yeah, you have to. You have to involve him. I mean, that's why we. That's why we didn't beat them last year in the playoffs. Honestly, yeah, is because when Luca didn't play, their defense was really good in those games. Like, yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but like their defense was real, and, and this is, and they probably can't do that anymore without Finney Smith, without Dinwiddie. They're 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 watching them. They're super small. Like against the Clippers, it, Reggie Bullock's trying to guard. Um, in the Clipper game, I watched Reggie Bullock was trying to guard, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George against Philadelphia. Like they're trying to, like, like they're trying to guard with guys that like they can't do it, right? Like it just doesn't work. Um, but they might just be good enough offensively to be able to handle any of this. I mean, some of the like, so you, here's the numbers, right? Wide open three for Reggie Bullock's thirty eight percent. So that actually, like, that's a little bit better than Luca. But it's still 38% for three. So you're like conceding that that's your answer. It's 1.14 points per possession. Again, the best in the league is 1.1 in the half court, and the league average is one. Mm-hmm. Hardaway's 41%. Christian Woods, 41%. Maxi Cleaver's 40%. Kyrie's 41%. Josh Green, wide open three, 46%. Like, what do you do? Like, good luck. David Locke joining us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. What are your early impressions of a Kevin Durant-led Phoenix Suns team? Well, that did you watch that Dallas-Phoenix game? Yes, I did. Yeah. This league is so great right now. It's crazy. Um, uh, my early impression is that actually I thought they were running a lot of really good stuff. That I was super excited if I was Dallas every time Chris Paul shot, and he made a lot of them. Um, they're going to be equally as hard to stop. I mean, Durant probably. I, could, I haven't done Durant, right? We haven't played Phoenix. I bet you if I pulled Durant really quickly right now. Well, okay, here's your answer. Drop, and Durant hasn't, doesn't drive as much as uh, Luca and Kyrie do. But so drives per game is not a comparable number, but drives per game, Luca's at 21, Kyrie's at 12, and Durant's at 10. Those are the three best drive guys in the league. They drive to the basket. They're 1.2 points per possession. Those are the three best. Durant's 1.22. Luca's 1.22. Kyrie's 1.20. Colin Sexton's seventh, by the way. There you go. I'm just looking at uh, some of the box score from that Phoenix-Dallas game. 73 points between the two of them, Booker and Kevin Durant. And if... Might so, Dave. I've already bought into Phoenix, and I think they're coming out of the West. And I think there's a good chance they go get the championship if Kevin Durant stays healthy. But it comes down to what really boils down to do for me is is DeAndre Ayton on board with pulling boards, 
and doing the the dirty defensive things that he's going to have to do, you know, the the things that others are so adept at doing and and maybe he doesn't want to do. If he buys in, you know what Chris Paul is going to do. You know what Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are going to do. I I don't know if Craig and others off the bench are are the answer, but it just feels like this team is set and ready to make a pretty brutal run right now. Why are we so dismissive of Denver? You know, it's a good question. Well, because I'm as guilty of it as anybody. Um, I just look at uh, like Jokic is un- Jokic is as unguardable as the guy. Like there's like three or four unguardable guys in the league: Durant, Jokic, and Luka. Like they're unguardable. Like, like okay. But here's the thing, and, and again, this is a very unscientific, very unnumeric way of looking at things, but I go and I say, hey, I will take Denver versus Dallas in a seven-game series, and I will take Dallas. I will take Denver in Phoenix in a seven-game series. Really? And I will you take would take Phoenix. Dallas to beat Denver? You would take Dallas to beat Denver in a seven-game series? Right now, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's essentially, it would be arena football in basketball, but uh, yeah. That's so interesting. So, like, one thing. Uh, by is the way, by the way, I like hurt. when David says he disagrees with you. He was like, "That's really interesting." It's a kind way of saying. Well, because, I don't agree. Well, because, like, for example, like if you just put Luke on the or you put Nicole on the floor, they're like far and away the best team in the league, right? I mean, they're twenty points better per hundred possessions when he's on the floor offensively, right. and I think they're twelve percentage points better when he's on the floor defensively. Well, he's going to play more in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right, they're, they're only going to have eight minutes a night when he's not on the floor. They're completely unstoppable when he's on the floor. Hmm. Their offensive rating when he's on the floor is a 120. I think. Oh, no. I'm wrong. Their offensive rating when Nikola Jokic is on the floor is a 126. I'll see. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Like, this is this is the story of the like I'm trying to figure out a little bit big picture for like as a jazz fan, but also just as a junkie of the league. Like, what do we like? What's the answer here? Like, what do you do? These guys have become so skilled and so incredible offensively that I don't know what you're supposed to do. I mean, I watched that Milwaukee Philadelphia game and that Phoenix Denver Dallas game and the shot making was so astronomical in both of those games. But I was just like, I don't know what you do. Like, and, you know, I guess Dallas did everything right, and Wainwright beat them, right? Wainwright beat them. But I don't know. I don't know what you do. Like, Jokic, there's no way to defend him. He's just conducting. And frankly, I don't think there's any way to defend, like, Luka either. And I'm not sure there's any way to defend Durant. Yeah. All right, so, um, so I guess the question here is is uh, is I mean, obviously it's entertaining as hell, um, and it's really fun to watch. Is it something that uh, I don't know? I don't want to say is concerning, but it's like nothing wrong with it. I, I mean, don't think a, I mean, I mean, I guess I don't think you can let like you don't want to legislate it out. Of, you don't want to legislate greatness no, out of the game, right? No, you don't want to bring back hand checking. You know, it's like. Yeah, I mean, what? I guess there's nothing wrong with a bunch of 140, 135 games. I mean, some like what Indiana game last night's a little ridiculous, it seems. But um, I mean, I mean, somebody, it, somebody's going to score eighty points here in the next year and a half. Like, 
Somebody's going to. Yeah. Well, some, I mean, Dean could do it before the year's over. I mean, he did say the other day, it'll either be me or Steph, but we could we could get to 100. So here's what people aren't getting that's happened here. Well, the analytic age, or whatever you want to call it, of three-point shooting has happened. And now the three-point shooting is so good, right? So what happened in Philadelphia, Indiana last night is the two teams combined to shoot 45% from three. Hmm. Well, once you're shooting 40, the guys are all shooting threes. And the other thing that happened last night is I think I was looking at that game. I think if I'm correct, like I think uh, Philadelphia had eight guys who made a three or seven or eight guys who made a three and Indiana had like five or six. Like, so not only is it that, like every everyone's making a free. Everyone's taking him, everyone's making it. So now you've got to close out. You've got to get out to twenty five feet and get on these guys. Well, it just makes the floor so open and so available for either the mid range game if you want to play it, which still is the least efficient shot in the game. I think that's actually the misnomer that's going on right now. And two, to get to the rim. Like there are I think three percentage more rim shots. Go, or two percentage more rim shots going on this year than there were a year ago, and they're shooting at three percentage points better than they were a year ago. Sounds small, but like I think we've gone from sixty-three to sixty-six percent shooting on rim shots. Well, that's actually like that matters. Like that's how you, you know, you do that like a few times a game. That's another three or four points, right? And the three, three-point shots. Here's what's super interesting. Like I've heard a bunch of people say, "Oh, the scoring's out of control. The three-point shot is crazy." Three-point shots are down. Teams are taking the league average right now is 35% of all shots are being taken as threes right now in the league. Last year, that number was 36. Mm-hmm. So there's less. Well, actually, last year's number was 36.8, so 37. But there, So last year, 32% of shots were taken at the rim. I think this year is 33 or 34. So there's two more percentage points of shots at the rim, and there's more shots that are and – they're, and they're going in at a higher rate. So – What's happened is that everyone can shoot. Everyone's guarding the three because of the fact that the three is is potent and it's opening up the game for these driving lanes and moves and one-on-one. And then, frankly, when you double Luca, when you double Nokola, when you double Durant, you when you have double Giannis, you're giving up a wide-open three to someone. Hmm. I, I actually – you want to know my answer on this? I actually think the answer is you've got to give up – like, this is so crazy – I actually think we've gone somewhere where you actually have to start giving up threes. <laughs> not jumping out? Not closing? Is that what you're talking about? Well, like the, like the best offensive team, like I think you just have to deny the rim at all costs. So there's still a role for Rudy Gobert in the NBA. Um, yeah, or Walker Kessler. Yeah. yeah. No, I... More importantly, hey. um, I, I think, I don't know. I'm honestly, you guys, like I'm kind of fiddling with this on a nightly basis, trying to figure out like, so like, I'll tell you this, you can't give up defensive rebounds anymore. Like you give up an extra possession. They're just too, it's too much of a pain, right? Like turnovers have become a little bit more important than they've ever been before. But so Milwaukee's the number one defense in the league. They're the fourth best team at denying shots at the rim. Um, Boston's the fourth best defense of the second best team in the league in denying shots to the rim. Golden State's the 10th best defense of the number one team denying shots to the rim. Miami's the fifth best defense of the third best team denying shots to the rim. 
Now, you know, Houston's not allowing shots at the rim, and they're still horrendous, so who knows? I mean, it's not the, it's not the elixir to all problems, but it does seem like... Now, Houston is denying the rim and then allowing 41% of their opponent's shots to be threes, and Miami's allowing 40% of their opponent's shots to be threes. Okay, let's have some level of balance here. Yeah. That seems to be a bit much, but frankly, Miami's the fifth-best defense in the NBA, so maybe it's working. Well, David, we've kept you way too long. Thanks, David. Always good catching up. Or I, or I just never shut up. Is that really what you're trying to say? It's kind of like when you're like, "Oh, that's interesting." Like you know, it's a good way of saying. I've been, I've been hanging on this question ever since you and Scotty were going back and forth about the West and why we're discounting Denver. But I want to throw it. Just we'll we'll hit this next time. Draymond Green, Kevon Looney. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, they're all back. They're all doing their thing. They went on a five-game win streak. I think they lost the other night, though. Um, you got, you still got Jordan Poole coming off the bench. That Golden State team fully healthy against this Denver Nuggets team. I still take Golden State to come out of that series. Two you, quick you, answers. I know we don't have time. You just mentioned quickly, that they're 10th best at stopping at the rim. Golden State for a quarter of basketballs looks better than any team I've seen all year. I always think that actually matters. Like who actually looked the best, but it was only for a quarter watching golden state late in games this year has been bothersome to me. They have not been able to get actions off their usual stuff and they fall into a bunch of isolation for Steph and clay. And that's bad. Hmm. That makes sense. Thank you, David. Thanks, David. I'll be quiet now. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks brother. That's David Locke right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. That was on you. Okay, but Golden State, Denver, I, I agree with you on everything but Dallas. I think they probably undo Dallas because I, I, I think Dallas is a mess. I, I, don't, I think they're going to get it figured out. And I think once they figure it out, it's going to be scary. Because I think Kyrie's in PR rehabilitation mode right now. Just laying low. Now, next year. Wherever he's at, whether it's Dallas or wherever, I think I think flat Earth Kyrie comes comes back. Comes back, always does. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mark's hanging out with us from Wasatch Medical. If you're struggling with ED, uh, it's not going. You say this all the time, Mark, and I think it's really important because guys out there like, man, you know, I'll do some sit ups and you know, cut out the sweets and uh, things are going to be fine again. It's not the case. Uh, it doesn't get better on its own. No, it doesn't, and and it's hard to do those too, right? To do the sit ups and cut out the sweets anyway. Amen but, to that. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, ED does not get better on its own. In most cases, this is a lack of blood flow, guys, due to damaged blood vessels. How do you fix it? Acoustic wave therapy at Wasatch Medical Clinic. We have this treatment that helps to repair the blood vessels, and we do this without any pain, without any downtime, and there are no side effects either. You know, if you're taking the pills, you've got to deal with certainly the timing issues, potentially side effects. You don't have to worry about that with the acoustic wave therapy. And it all starts with that free assessment. A lot of a lot of free to make sure that this is right for you. And you guys want to make sure that people feel comfortable about using that service. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, you give us a call today. Again, don't put this off any longer. If you've been dealing with it, you want to change this. Give us a call at Wasatch Medical Clinic. We will set you up with that initial exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound with our doctor. You come in, you have all of that for free. Our doctor can let you know whether you're a good candidate or not for the acoustic wave therapy. And if you are, then you decide whether you want to move forward with treatments. In addition, 
addition to that, you come in, you will also get a gift which can produce rapid results for those intimate moments. Guys, call today. Don't put this off any longer. The number, 801-901-8000, That's 801-901-8000 right here on The Zone. Wherever you go, The Zone will be right there with you every step of the way. It's the all-new KSL Sports app. I love it. Where you can listen to The Zone wherever you may be. Listen to me, this stuff is available everywhere. It's your new home for streaming The Zone and getting all the latest news, insight, and analysis of the teams you can't live without. It's the all-new KSL Sports app. Available now wherever you shop for apps. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. Good, the bad, the ugly right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, before we uh, get to the good, it's a Team 49 Tuesday, which means we're giving away jazz tickets right now. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. And you'll win a pair of tickets to go see the Jazz take on the Sacramento Kings coming up on March 20th at Vivint Arena. Real excited for the good. Yeah. Um, And this is coming off of some of your heroics where you nearly stopped a man from stealing from an Uber driver. It's a taxi driver, but yeah. I'm not sharing any more stories. You nearly thwarted. Not all heroes wear capes, you know. <laughs> hey, I, I took a good two or three steps to try to stop him. Well, you're not the only hero. Because K.J. Osborne, who is a receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, very good. Yeah. But got about 1,400 yards over the last couple of years. He's, he's really good. K.J. Osborne, you go, you go look him up. He was in Austin, Texas, and he was actually in an Uber, Scotty. Yeah. So the Uber driver's driving along, and they see this guy go off the side of the road. Car wraps around a telephone pole or something and bursts into flames. Wow. Uber driver stops. KJ Osborne jumps out of the car, runs to the fiery crash, and sees that there's a man inside this car that's burning. Okay, so put yourself in, in his shoes. And I know I did save a man from a truck that was underwater in freezing cold water. That's different than a fiery burning crash. Yeah. Could you run? Or a man escaping an Uber. Or a man, different. yes. Nearly as heroic. Okay. Hey! Hey, you didn't pay! Chase you down. You're lucky. You got a head start on me. You're lucky I got a flight coming up here. (laughs) Or else I'd be all over that. Uh, It was 16 bucks, man. You didn't want to put yourself in between that guy and his money. Who knows what he was willing to do. Okay, so if you had a chance to chase down a guy to right a wrong, 
but you know that the likelihood of you catching them is pretty slim, would you still try to put up the effort? Because the dude had a good 50-yard head start. <sighs> but you said he was way drunk and he was zigzagging. No, I think the alcohol actually brought forth a... More vigor? <sighs> yeah. Less now, granted, fear and more vigor. Now, granted, he was like... So if he was zigzagging, if you just went on a straight line, you probably would have caught him. I don't think so, man. If he's switchbacking to get to his hotel... If he's moving in a serpentine, you know... If he looks like he's trying to traverse the stairs in the Empire State's building... Empire State's building? Is that... What is it? The state. Empire State? Yeah. If he's trying to traverse the stairs in the Empire State's building... <laughs> I think you could have caught him. I wasn't catching him. I uh, didn't really feel like. Okay, I, okay. I I made a good like, good concerted like five or six steps. Okay, that aside. Yeah, you're in an Uber. Yeah, the Uber driver pulls over. You see a car on fire and a man inside. Do you go to it? Because I watched a lot of Fall Guy, man. I saw so many trucks and vehicles blow up. There's a yep. little flame coming out from the and you, hood, and then it explodes. And you know that clock's ticking before that whole thing just... That's definitely what your mind would make you yep. think. Yep. We, we I watched enough A-Team for sure. Um, I don't know if I could get close to a burning car. That would be really tough. I don't know. I, I also thought I'd chase down a dude that... Uh, owed money but i didn't do that either so i guess i can't make any grandiose statement that i'd hop in there and rip that door off and say follow me to safety like i I don't know i'd like to think i would well kj osborne did exactly that yeah him and three other onlookers pulled this man from this burning car uh this was the statement from kj he said i believe god had me all of us at the right place at the exact time that was needed and then Kirk Cousins saw the story, and he sent out a social media post that said, this is totally on brand for K.J. Osborne, just a tremendous person and teammate. I actually do think this particular case of hero- heroism, I think that this is a pretty high-level heroism. Man. Like, this oh, is, yeah, no, this is this is great stuff here. It's a pretty big one. Yeah. I'll help in a lot Yours of... Yours is up there with uh, this? Yeah, but... You arm dragged a guy. But, but I, I, I get it, but everybody could jump in ice water, because... The most you're going to deal with is a bit of hyperthermia, but... Oh, we, you could we, drown. We had a truck about a quarter mile away. We, we were going to get to the heat. There, That car doesn't explode underwater. No. Yeah. I see what you're saying. But it's a fiery, burning mess that... Uh, I would... Maybe I'd jump in there for like a French bulldog or, you know, a cute little dog. It's, it'd be hard for a grown man. It's like, hey, hey, get out of there. Undo your seatbelt. Get, come towards my voice. <laughs> I don't know. It's less hot out here. Come towards me. Your car is on fire. Your your shoes are on fire. Come out of the car. It is no longer drivable. Come out. I take the insurance settlement. Let's go. But to get your body inside that thing. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe he just had to open up the door and unlatch a seatbelt and just kind of drag him out. Maybe it wasn't as bad as we're making it out to be. I don't know, man. Any car that's on fire, I don't. I'd have a hard time getting close to it. So, congratulations, KJ Osborne. You are a true hero. <laughs> There's your good. Let's get to the bad. Now the bad. 
Ah, uh, this isn't good. Red Sox star Justin Turner just got drilled in the face by a pitch during a spring training game, and the blow was so violent it left him oozing blood at home plate. Scary incident during Boston's exhibition tilt with the Tigers when Turner came up to bat with two runners uh, on base in the bottom of the second inning. Matt Manning was the one who threw it up and in, and Turner couldn't get out of the way. Caught it flush in the face. It hit him solid. You hear that nasty thunk? Yep. That former L.A. Dodger uh, third baseman immediately dropped to the ground in pain. Uh, the video from the game broadcast showed that there was uh, that he was bleeding profusely from his face. Trainers came out to help him out. Uh, but Justin Turner's wife said on Instagram that he needed 16 stitches to close the wound. But thankfully, he's doing well now. 16 stitches. It opened him up pretty bad. Yeah. It sounded like when, if you were to pitch... A 90-mile-per-hour ball into a five-gallon bucket full of paint that yeah. it's almost like a sucking like sound, it, it did so much damage. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't In the world of sports, I don't know if there's anything that makes me cringe more than a baseball to the face, a, a hard pitch to the face. Maybe a slap shot puck. Oh yeah, I think that, a puck. Yeah, it gets under the face mask. Yeah, or the the face shield. But yeah, the puck's got a sharper. It's got a sharp edge. It does, but yeah. pretty much everybody's got the helmet shield now. So it's just doesn't happen as often. It doesn't feel like it's as much of a threat. A puck to the neck scares the crap out of me, but it's still baseball just coming down the line. Is horrifying to me. Yeah. And watching it hit somebody in the face and, and them go down. And the way he went down and kind of he, – he pushed up with his arms and you could see his face and blood just pouring out of his face. Ugh. It was a bad shot. Yeah, no, no, no bueno. All right, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Coming up next, it's another edition of Whole World News right here on The Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Tim Lacombe joins us now. They're going to win a few and lose a few, and to me it depends on the length and severity of Clarkson's injury, his ability to go get a bucket at will when he needs to and create havoc on the defense. That's havoc. You no, know, the Jazz are missing that right now. Or havoc. havoc. You, know, why, you know, he created havoc, you know, with Kukoc. We're talking to Rick Majerus, of course. And I did speak to a high school team. The head coach asked if anybody in the room knew who Rick Majerus was, and there were no hands. Really? <laughs> So that's how far removed we've gone from that, guys. I totally believe so, I mean, that. I, I had to I, bury most of my good stuff because nobody knew who he was. <laughs> it was funny. really humbling, and I almost slinked out of the room because, again, it takes a good amount of my stuff. Catch DJ and PK, mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Chevrolet. Proudly serving Utah since 1926. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chin. Chin, Chin. That's right, yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I just hope that you're close to me if somebody tries to steal my wallet. 
Scott Gerard, you're my hero. <laughs> you're my hero. <laughs> hey, Lloyd, so you know Scotty and I are heroes. What what have you ever done to save somebody? Save my own skin. <laughs> but have you ever gotten somebody out of a real bind? Or at least made a effort? attempt? Yeah. Like a real effort? You know what? I, I helped a friend back in junior high change his grades. <laughs> I feel like that's a hero. <laughs> How do you help somebody change a grade? Well, put it on a, essentially set it up on a typewriter and change the, the an F to a B. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty good job. Well, I'm like a real hero. Good for you. Just let that kid from Pay It Forward. At the end, at the Haley, end of the movie. Joel Osment? Yeah. Kid was a hero. Yeah, he was. Didn't he die at the end? Yeah. He did. Probably should have minded his own business. And had a problem. Jeez, well, man. he was trying to pay it forward. Yeah, but you got to know when to not get involved. I did. When a guy is wielding a knife, probably don't want to pay it forward at that time. Haley Joe got shivved? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bit. Yeah, stabbed right in the, right in the abdomen. Really? Yeah. That's not great. Blood out. Hey, a uh, little bit of NFL <laughs> news here. Blood out. Now he can see himself. He's a dead person. <laughs> Boo. You want to ruin, ruin the ending on that one too, Scotty? Jeez. Yeah. Bruce Willis was dead. <laughs> so was Haley. Um, Giants and quarterback Daniel Jones have agreed to a four-year, $160 million deal. Daniel Jones is making $40 million per year. Um, also, details on David Carr's, or not David Carr, your boy. Which car is Derek Carr? Um, his deal with... Uh, oh, did we see the numbers on his deal? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's 100 guaranteed. I think it was like four-year, 125, but 100 of it's guaranteed. Ooh. That's a big one, too. Yeah. And looks like uh, we might have potential movement with Lamar Jackson, who has been tagged, but a non-guaranteed tag, which means that he can uh, go out and negotiate with another team, and if he um, and and essentially come to terms with another team, now Baltimore will have a chance to match match it. But if they don't, they'll get two first-round picks, and Lamar can go somewhere else. Does. Baltimore feel emboldened having Tyler Huntley. Run that by me again. Does Baltimore feel like they're in an okay position because they've got Tyler Huntley? I like Tyler, but he's no Lamar Jackson. He's jumped on the field a couple of times and it seems like he's done a pretty good job, but... Let's be honest. He, he's... A stopgap for a little bit yeah. until teams are really onto him. What's yeah. the furthest Lamar Jackson has taken the Baltimore Ravens? What AFC Championship game? Lost in the AFC Championship. I game? think so. Yeah, they I got think. that far. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. That's further than I thought. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up next, we'll chat with Jerry Bovey, interim athletic director at Utah State University. But joining us right now, Mark is with us from Wasatch Medical. And Mark. Um, look, there's uh, a lot of people out there that hear, have heard about acoustic wave therapy, uh, but what they don't know is that there's an end date to this. This isn't something like the pill that you have to take forever. 
you could have this wrapped up in a matter of weeks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the average guy with the acoustic wave therapy at Wasatch Medical Clinic is going to need several treatments over the course of a two- to three-week period. Those treatments last about 15 minutes each, and that's it. So, yeah, you don't have to keep for years and years going into the pharmacy to pick up the pills. That's no fun. Uh, with the acoustic wave therapy, you don't have to worry about that part of it. And the other nice thing about the acoustic wave therapy, guys, is there is no pain involved. Uh, average treatment, again, about 15 minutes, uh, and we have a small device. It's non-invasive that sets on top of the skin. That device will deliver gentle pressure waves to the damaged blood vessels below. This helps to open up those blood vessels. It repairs those blood vessels, and that's what gives you that increase in blood flow where and when you need it the most. And unlike the pills, which require timing issues, or they have time, timing issues, I should say, with the acoustic wave therapy, that natural spontaneity will Will return to your life. 801-901-8000. It all starts with that phone call, free assessment, free ultrasound. You meet with the physician, but you got to call right now. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.